Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Good to have you all here. And uh, wonderful to be together on this Sunday morning. It is almost Resurrection Sunday and Good Friday. I was, uh, I was telling the church last night, and if you've been at Oceans for a while, you've maybe heard me say this before. But what's really interesting is that, as most of you know, I was born in South Africa. And uh, we came here about 15 years ago, my wife and I. And we are U.S. citizens now. And we're very thankful to the Lord for that. But what was really shocking to me when we got to the States, you know, I remember after planning the church, we were very excited about our Good Friday service, which we had in the morning, because that's what everybody else in the world does. So we had the service, and there were four people that attended our first Good Friday service here in Vero Beach. And I was like, what's going on? And then I found out that people were at work on Good Friday. And I was like, how is this possible that we can be at work on Good Friday, on the day that Jesus died, the day that we celebrate? Did you know that the most church day in the calendar is Good Friday? The only place it's Easter is here in the U.S. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I found it really interesting so from the very next year, we started having our Good Friday service in the evening so that people that weren't at work could come and attend. And it is a very special service. It's a communion service. We celebrate and we remember what Jesus did by dying on the cross for us. So I want to encourage you, as excited as we are about the resurrection service on Sunday, and we are excited about it, please come out to the Good Friday service. It's just a very anointed, powerful service where we remember what Jesus did by dying on the cross. On Sunday, we have a big party. But on Good Friday, we remember what He did for us. So I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited about it. And, you know, we've had Good Friday services since then, and we no longer have four people. Amen? So I'm very thankful for that. People come out. And, you know, uh, I, remember, I remember when I got saved, and in Little Falls, where I got saved in South Africa, and that's still my pastor now. He'll be here in June, by the way. We're very excited about that. <clears throat> and uh, I remember we, we used to do the Daniel fast every year at Little Falls. And there were very few churches across the globe that were doing the Daniel fast. Now everybody does the Daniel fast at the beginning of the year. So see, Pastor Harold is a really good pastor, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. But it's amazing how... You know, some of these things are, that are important and they, they make a difference in our lives. How many of you at the beginning of every year when we do the Daniel fast, how many of you are truly blessed by it? I'm so glad that only half of you are blessed by it, but the, you know, that's okay. It's a really wonderful thing to actually make a decision to separate yourself that way. It's just good for you in so many different ways, but there's just no question that when you, when you consecrate yourself to the Lord, He just responds to that consecration. If anything, it changes your heart and your mind you know, draws you closer to Him because it's a decision that you make out of your own to do so. It's a very, very powerful thing. So with all of that said, I look forward to, to Easter weekend. And I just want to let you all know that on, on, um, on Palm Sunday, I will be on the Mount of Olives. Just want to let you all know that. Amen. I will be there where Jesus came on the donkey and I will send you a video. Okay. I will, I will send you all the video and let you all know that we are there with the group. And, you know, next year we're going again. So if you haven't signed up, you can sign up. We'll release more of that information. As soon as we get back from Israel, everything will be ready. The flights will be sorted out so we can finalize the actual price and all of that. But it's very exciting. And um, I'm really going to miss you, you know, for the two weeks that I'm not here. We'll miss you. It sounds like you'll miss me too. I can, I, I can hear that, you know. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is doing on the planet right now. I feel it's a very, very critical time in the timeline that God has set and exciting for us to be a part of that. This morning, I want to share a message with you that I believe will encourage you. I really hope it will. And I chose this message because I really felt like God wanted to encourage you this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe that there are many of you here this morning that you really are serious about God. And I'm very thankful to be your pastor. And I want to 
I want to encourage you this morning. I want to strengthen you this morning because I want you to know that what you are doing for the King and as you run your race for Him, if you continue to do what you are doing, I want you to know that He is going to bless you. Not only will He bless you in this life, but He will also bless you in eternity. How many of you know eternity is a little longer than your life on earth? Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's, there's a little bit of a difference. You know, a few years, 70, 80, if we're very blessed, 90. You know, and if you go beyond that, there's something unusually special about you. But for the rest of, for, you know, that's it. Eternity is like forever, you know. Eternity is forever. 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 Have you ever really thought about it? It's forever. And what's amazing about God is that He loves us so much that what we do with what He gives us on this earth, this incredible gift of salvation, the way we, the way we manage it, the way we handle it and what we do with it, He actually, if we really desire to please Him and with, with that salvation, He really has a desire to bless us in eternity on this earth too, but in eternity, I, I want to be blessed here and, and I enjoy the blessing of God here, but I really, I think eternity has more value. So I, I, I want to be blessed even more in eternity, but I'm very thankful for everything God gives me on this earth. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. My message this morning is, 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 is to the overcomer. That's the message, to the overcomer. 2 Corinthians 5 verse number 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. Let's stop there for a moment. Some people actually believe that we should not desire to please the Lord. In other words, like, you know, everything's been done for us and we shouldn't strive to please God. I want you to have a look at this opening sentence here in verse number nine. Therefore, we make it our aim. Making it our aim means we make it our goal we want to hit the target. We're aiming for the target. What's the target? He says, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. So Paul's saying, I want to live my life, and I want to be pleasing to God. How many of you in this room desire to live pleasing towards the Lord? Come on. It should be one of our main desires. One of the things we desire more than anything in our lives, in our hearts, is that our, our life, that our calling, that our walk in this present salvation that we have would be worthy and that would bring pleasure to Him. It's my desire to, to be pleasing to God with everything that I do. I'm disappointed when I let Him down, you know, but I, that doesn't mean that tomorrow morning or to, today I'm not going to get up and desire to do this day the best that I can, to serve Him with everything that I can. You must understand you've been saved by grace, but what you do with that salvation affects how you live that eternity in heaven and in the new heavens and new earth. That is forever. He then goes on in verse 10 that says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody say all. There is no get out of jail free card. There is no, if you get this, you'll pass this. There is no way to bypass this. If you are a Christian, you will, the Bible says, all will, every one of us will stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. There are two judgments. There is the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. We will be judged by Jesus for how we have walked this walk, for how we have lived our life with the salvation that we have been given. Listen, this is not a bad thing. You should be excited. You should be like, I'm giving my life to Him. I'm serving Him. Woohoo! It's exciting. You shouldn't be sitting there like, oh, God. You know, that's not how it should be. You should be celebrating this morning because I'm about to tell you some really good news. If you're sitting there going, uh-oh, it's time to change. Okay? He says, he says, well, we will all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Watch this now. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known 
to God. And I also trust, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. We all know what happens if we don't serve the Lord. We know the terror of God. Are you with me? So the way that we live with our salvation and the way we walk our walk and the way we minister to others and the things we do with our salvation will affect how God rewards us and what He does with us at the great at, at the Bema Seat judgment, the, the judgment seat of Christ. Are you with me? Remember, this judgment is not whether you are saved or not. You are saved already. This judgment is for your rewards. If you are not saved, you will face the great white throne judgment and you will be judged for your sin and you will be found guilty and you will go and be tormented. That's the way it works. There's only the two. Are you with me? But I know that everybody here this morning has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ or most of you have. And if you have done that and truly given your life to Him, this is the judgment that you will face. The Bible says in Hebrews 6 verse 10, this is good news, right? Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love in which you have shown towards his name. In that you have ministered to saints, to the saints, and do minister. So he's saying, listen, God is so faithful. He's not unjust to remember the things that you have done, the ministry that you have done before and will still continue to do. So you must understand that in your walk with God, you know, you may go through some stuff, but you continue to walk worthy of the calling. You continue to press on towards the upward call of God for your life. You continue to serve Him. You continue to pursue Him. Are you with me, guys? Come on, I know I'm talking to you this morning. I wanted to encourage you this morning with this this morning. Listen, God wants to bless you. There are things He has installed for you. Yes, on this, in this life, which is exciting, but also for eternity. He is going to reward you every time you get up. He's going to reward you every time you preach the gospel, every time you share the good news. When, you, when, when the enemy thinks he's taken you out, you choose to get up and keep on going. He's going to reward you for it. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm not talking about just giving your heart to him and accepting salvation. That's a wonderful gift, but what you do with it, if you really desire to go after Him, if you truly desire to serve Him with everything, and don't allow the stuff of this world to get you down, but you continue to pursue Him, it's going to be worth it. Amen. The enemy will do everything that he can to stop you from pursuing what God has called you to do what God has for you. He will do everything in His power to stop you. We know that Jesus overcame this world. You see, Jesus primarily, if we look at it and we want to sort of theologize it, He overcame three things. Jesus overcame the world. Jesus overcame the enemy. Are you with me? He overcame the world, the enemy, and His flesh. We too are called to overcome these things because the enemy, I taught you last night if you were here, comes to do many different things, one of the things he comes to do is to tempt you to submit to those things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. The enemy will do whatever he can to stop you from fulfilling your destiny, which is ultimately to be a disciple. How many of you in this room are called to be a disciple? All of us are called to be disciples. The measure that God gives you, you see, God gives different measures to different people. He gives some people this and some people a little bit more here and a little bit more there. But the way that He decides your reward is based on what you do with what He's given you. Don't be impressed by someone that has a big church or all of that. How have they stewarded what God has given them? The Bible teaches us that you know, that two of the disciples came to Jesus. Actually, the mom came to them and said, look, can my one son sit at your right and my other son sit at your left? And he said, listen, that's not for me to decide. There is a reward that has been set aside for those individuals that deserve that, that have done something for him. Don't think that with your salvation, you're just supposed to get to heaven. There are rewards waiting for you. Salvation is the free gift. It wasn't free, but you got it for free. 
But now there's a cost with what you do. And the more you give to the Lord, the more you live for Him, the more the reward will be in the end. Again, I say, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. Persecutions, whatever the enemy throws at you, it will be worth it. Take a look at what it says in 1 Peter 4, verse number 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if some, something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partakers with Christ in His suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. So we can see that, listen, we are going to experience difficult times. You know, one of the most tragic things for me is when I hear Christians say, well, you know, I don't go to church anymore because I got hurt in the church. So when you get to heaven, are you going to tell God because of some other human being that did something in the church that was wrong, now you gave up your whole calling? Other than Jesus, nobody is perfect. No pastor, no leader, no prophet. Listen, listen, some of the prophets were bad. They even called bears to kill people. Like they were not nice. You would have gotten offended by that. You'd laugh, but you would have. You would have been, he's a false prophet. He's evil. Are you with me? Sometimes God will allow those things to change you, to develop you, to make you stronger. I guarantee you people have gotten offended here. And it's never intentional. I don't want to offend anyone. But the Bible teaches that offenses will come. So we're going to have to face these things at some point. We just, we have to. But the way that we handle them, if we continue on, if we continue to press in, if we pursue God with everything, there is going to be a reward. So persecutions and trials and stuff will come. What you must realize, though, is that sometimes you'll do stuff and you'll get persecuted, or you'll get criticized, or you'll get attacked, and I want you to know that it has nothing to do with God, it's all you. That you're suffering now because of what you did. Take a look at what the Bible says. Let's, let's read on. He says in 15, he says, If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. We'll quickly read over that last part, you know, because no one here is guilty of that. So he gives a short list of just things that, listen, if you get involved in stuff that isn't right, there's going to be a cost for it. It's going it's to end up causing you some persecution, some trouble, some things will come your way. Listen, it's not good, but I want you to know that God's grace is sufficient to pick you up so that you can continue. Just, you know, if you bump your head against the wall, don't go back there and bump it again. Learn from your mistakes. Are you with me? And I know none of you get involved in anybody else's affairs. All right. Verse 16 says this, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. When you go through things, trials, oppression, what the things that the enemy will try and bring against you, but you continue on, I want you to know that you will be rewarded. And experiencing those things will ultimately, at the end of, of the end of it all, will cause you to enter into great reward from heaven, from God. God will reward you. I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to believe that there is more to heaven than just being saved. I mean, God has an exciting eternity waiting for you. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. Listen to what it says, James 1 verse 1. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered aboard, greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So you must understand that count it all joy when you fall into trials, because it will begin to cause 
transformation. It'll begin to cause change in you. I've taught you on this before, so I don't want to go too much into it, but I want you to understand that that transformation and change that takes place in your heart ultimately will lead to you receiving a blessing from God. It's exciting. We know that we get overwhelmed. We know that we go through difficult times. We know that we go through things. But you must just press in. Keep going. Psalm 61 verse 1 says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter, to, a shelter for me, a strong tower from my enemy. Psalm 27, 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I'd believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want you to see that there are times you will lose heart. There are times you will go through different things. You'll be overwhelmed. There are times where you'll go through persecutions. There are times where it will feel difficult. There are times you're going to feel like, listen, it's not worth it. Is it really worth it that I have to give up all this stuff and, 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 and be persecuted as well and then be you know, mocked or whatever? Whatever it is, whatever the enemy throws at you, is it really worth it? The answer is yes. Yes. It is so worth it. In Revelation 2, 7, it says this, He who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the, from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The word overcomer or overcomes is the word nikeo in the Greek, nikeo, and it means to conquer. It means to prevail. It means to be victorious. In other words, as a believer, Yes, you are called to be saved, but you are also called to be a conqueror, to be an overcomer, to continue to press on. No matter what comes your way, no matter how difficult it becomes, are you with me, guys? There are promises. Here it tells us that we will eat from the tree of life in the midst of paradise. God, I'm looking forward to that. Revelation 2.17 says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I, will, and I will give him a white stone. And on that stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. There are blessings. There are things waiting for you. Listen to this one, Revelation 2.26. And he overcomes and keeps my works until the end. To him I will give power over nations. That's why Paul made statements. It's my desire to be, to, that my walk with him would be pleasing. Because I know that, listen, in eternity there are things waiting for us. And you, you go, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to rule over anything, Pastor Alex. You lie. I've watched you. You try and tell me what to do. You want to rule over everything, including me and yeah, the church. But no, you don't want to rule over oh, you, oh, whatever. <laughs> Revelation 3.11 says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Let no one steal from you what God has planned for you in eternity. Are you really going to let some offense stop you from receiving the promises and the blessings in your eternity? Are you really going to allow some little offense because you get offended by someone or something that happened or something that took place that now has derailed you so much that you're going to stop moving forward? You're going to stop pressing in? You're going to stop pursuing the things of God? Are you really going to allow that? Are you really going to allow the enemy to steal your crown? Paul understands this. I'll show it to you in just a little bit. He understands what's waiting. He understands that eternity is far more meaningful and has far more value than anything that this world can give us. 
But so many give up too quickly. Or they just want to be under the radar, undercover Christians. Your reward in heaven will also be undercover. No one will know you did anything. Come on, somebody better say amen. Or you'll have to say, oh my. He goes on in verse 12. He says, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Revelation 3.21 says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Man, there are stuff, there are things waiting for you. There are, there are things that God wants to do that he wants to give you in eternity. At the beginning, when you step into the millennial reign, there are things that God has planned for you just for that 1,000 years. Come on, somebody, 1,000 years is a lot better than 70, 80, 90 if you're really blessed. And if you go beyond that, you must have really listened to your parents. There's a promise, just, okay, anyway. <laughs> so what do you do with your salvation? Well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a Christian, you know. I believe, you know. Even the demons believe. But they are not Christians. At least they know it. Do we know it? Are we walking worthy of that calling? Listen. I really want to tell you this this morning because I know that some of you in this place, in fact, a lot of you, you are running your race worthy of what God has waiting for you and He is going to bless you. I want you to know it is going to be worth it. What you will see when you cross over to the other side. Listen, in this earth, on, on this earth, in this dispensation that we live at this time, there's already so much worth it just here. Access to the presence of God, being able to hear the voice of God, being able to be blessed by the Lord. There's so much worth it here. But what I'm trying to get you to do is not to think earthly, earthly. I want you to think heavenly. I want you to think about what's waiting for you on the other side, which there's not such a big difference between here and there. It's literally just a walk step over. And it's waiting for us. And when we step over, man, I don't know about you, but I just can't wait to see Jesus. Have you ever imagined that moment when he's waiting for you? Man, what will you do when you see him? What will you do when you see Jesus? Are you At that moment, are you going to be like, oh man, I didn't get that call next week. I'm getting a call, Lord. Why'd you take me now? You know, I, you're not going to think about anything. When you enter into eternity, there's going to be a joy that you will receive that you have never, ever experienced before. You're going to understand it's going to make sense just like that. Amen. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, That no matter what you go through, no matter how difficult it seems right now, if you press in, if you continue, it is going to be worth it. Listen to what Paul says. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 says this. This is a letter that he writes to his spiritual son. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, Oh, finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So he's saying, listen, I'm not the only one. 
that's going to be receiving this crown. There are going to be others as well. I'm not going to get into all of that, but I want you to see that there are rewards, there are crowns that you will get. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 24 says this, Do you not know that those who run a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown. Do you see it, guys? The things of this world do not compare to what's waiting for you on the other side. Verse 26, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, bringing it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Listen, he says, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to beat my flesh into subjection. And this is not him physically beating himself. He's busy saying, listen, I've made a choice to put my flesh under, to, to run my race, to, to put God first, to put the ministry first, to put the things he's called me to first. And when I say ministry, you're a minister in your doctor's rooms. You're a minister at school if you're a teacher. You're a minister at home as a mother or as a father. You're a minister wherever you are. You are a minister right there. That's where it starts. So don't for one second think I'm talking about you having to be a pastor or something like that. That's not true. The Bible teaches us that the church is here, the fivefold ministry is, is here to equip the body of Christ, to equip the saints, to do the work of the ministry. Where does that take place? Outside the church walls. The real ministry doesn't happen here, it happens out there. And it's us, it's you and me that are out there in the world that have to do that. Last couple of weeks ago, we were in a situation where we were, we were sitting with some people and a lady said to me, you know, she, she found out we were going to Israel. And she said to me, you know, I, I lost my, my sister a few weeks ago. And she said, and you know, it's been so difficult for me. She says, and you know, I, I, I want to I wanna be able to know that when I die, that I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to go to heaven. And she said, you know, I, I, I look at people that, that, that know the Lord and, and they just, they, they, when death comes and something happens, they just, it's so different for them. And she said, I, I, like, I look at you guys and, and I can see that it's different for you. And that was my, that was it right there, guys. I was like, this is my end. <laughs> and I said to her, yes, because I know when I get to the other side, I said, I already have a relationship with God. It's not like now it starts in heaven. It, it's like a continuation. I'm, I'm speaking to God and I finished the sentence in heaven. Are you with me? I'm getting to the other side. What's waiting for me on the other side is there. Any one of us can have it. We can all experience it. It's for all of us. And God will give you these opportunities if you make yourself available. Or you're going to give up because of someone or something that happened or something that went wrong. Or something that you don't understand. We're not going to understand everything. It's just not possible. We only know in part, the Bible says. Philippians 3 verse 13, Paul says this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This at the moment is one of my favorite verses. Because it doesn't matter what's behind me, it doesn't matter what's coming, man, I'm going to just go for it. I, don't, I can't go on how I feel because I feel like quitting all the time. But I know Him. I know His love and His mercy and His goodness. And, I, and, and you know, there's just this, when, 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 you, when you're close to God and when you're spending time with the Lord and you're drawing near to Him, guys, there's nothing like it. Because when you're not, you know the difference. Once you've experienced that love and once you've experienced that presence and the power of God in your life, when you're not walking that way, there's a difference and you know it. And, and, you know, when you're walking with Him, it's just, it becomes easy to do the things that He wants you to do. 
Nobody has to be like me, but you're in the perfect family for God to use you. You're in the perfect job where God can use you. You're in the perfect place for Him to use you. But don't allow circumstances to stop you from doing it. See, God has called each and every one of us, given each and every one of us something to work with, a salvation to work with. And take a look at what the Bible teaches us. Jesus gives a parable, so powerful. Matthew 25, verse 14. Let's go there. Are you all okay this morning? Matthew 25, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Man, so good. Because this is how we are, you know, I just want to be saved, nothing else. You know, Lord, I know you, you the big judge that's going to smite me if I just even say something. That's how we are. Is that not how we are? Hello? <laughs> that's how we are. We're like, man, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to do anything. And I want to be undercover and, you know, just want to make it to heaven. Lord, just, you know, I know you're so strict, God, and you just, you just this guy in the clouds with a stick that's going to beat me. No! He's given you a salvation. He's given you love. He's given you mercy. Be like the one with two talents, with five talents. Multiply it. What He's given you, share it with the world. Listen, those that had to take those talents and multiply them, they had to go through difficult seasons. They had to go through difficult times. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't just like, oh, they went and they made five more. No, there was sowing, there was reaping, there was wind, there was clouds, there were storms, there were problems, there were trials, there were people speaking bad of them, there were people criticizing them, but they carried on right to the end. Don't be that one that's just like, well, you know, I just, just, I'm just going to get there, you know, just we're going to make it, you know, and listen, it's great because you probably will. But that's not what he has for you. He has more for you. Are you with me, guys? Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. This is what you gave me, Lord. I'm giving it back. Thank you. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not negative. <laughs> you all look so serious. This is to encourage you. You should be worthy of some encouragement. Come on, church. Amen. Some of you here, I've watched you. I've seen the way you are. 
with your families. I've seen the way you are in your business place. I've watched you over the years. I've seen how some of you are really pressing into God, mean business with God. Some of my leaders, sun leaders and zone leaders, I've watched the way you press in, the way you minister, the things that you do. And who cares what I see? I just want to know that I see it. But I want you to know that there is someone in heaven that has watched you go through those difficult times, that has seen you when you've struggled, that you've gotten up, that has seen your struggle, that has seen your, your torment, that has seen the difficult the difficult places and the difficult things, the times where the enemy makes you feel a little depressed, but you have continued, you have pressed in, and I want you to know that on the other side, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. Because in that day, in that day, you will hear these words. Lord, well, you will go and you will stand in and you will cry out to him. You will stand in front of the Lord. And I don't know what will be in your mouth that day. I know what will be in mine a little bit. I think I know. And if he looks at you and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Listen, right now, Lord, I just want to just want to hug you. I want to just be at your feet. I've I've dreamt of it. I've imagined being at those feet. I've, I've imagined what it would be like to be at the feet of the Lord and just weeping at His feet and kissing those feet and saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you saved me. Thank you that you've given me life. Thank you that my children will live, that their children will live. Thank you, God, that my parents know you. Thank you that my brothers and sisters will know you. Thank you, Lord. And kiss those feet and love those feet. Oh, I can't wait. If you want to just get there, that's fine. But me, i got some stuff I'm going to do when I get there. And then we'll be with Him for eternity. You have been blessed with this great salvation. And many of you are running this race with all of your heart. And to the overcomer in this room, I salute you this morning. As your pastor, I salute you as another soldier. And you will, you will see the glory of the Lord. You will see His face and you will be in front of Him and you will see His wonders, the likes of which you have never even imagined in that day. And it will be so worth it, guys. It will be so worth it. Oftentimes, my wife and I will, will talk, and every now and then, very seldom, <laughs> she'll say to me, is it really worth it? Or I'll say to her, is it really worth it? And the answer is very easy. Yes, it's so worth it just to please Him. Just to please Him. Because of what He's done for me and for you. So this morning, I want to encourage you. But I also want to say this. If you are sitting here and your life is not right with Him, this morning, make right. Don't wait for next week or next time or worry about the person sitting next to you. This is between you and God. You have to make that decision to say, Lord, I don't just want to be saved. And if you're not saved, you better get saved. Because none of this is yours if you're not saved. But if you know Him, He's so good. So if I can ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes for just a moment. If you have come here this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to tell you the greatest Anything, adventure, part of your life it is waiting for you in eternity. We're so afraid of it. But in order to get there, you first have to accept Jesus as your Savior. And I want to tell you, He is the best, the greatest, the most wonderful. Don't look at men and their mistakes. Leaders, pastors, we all make mistakes. But He is perfect, full of love and compassion. 
And if you're sitting here this morning and you've made mistakes, you've done things wrong, but you've never given your life to him, and you say, Pastor Alex, this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you say, Pastor, here I am, I want to give my heart to him. Raise your hand. I see that hand already. Thank you. God bless you. Raise your hand real quick. I want to pray for you. Give your heart to him this morning. If that's you, quickly stretch your hand out so I can see you. I see that hand over there. God bless you. I see that hand in the back. Thank you, young man. If you've come here this morning, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand there. Both those hands. Thank you. Thank you, sir, in the back. God bless you. If you've come here this morning, maybe you served the Lord before, but you are not overcoming anymore. You've lost the battle. You feel like you've lost the battle. And you say this morning, Pastor Alex, this morning, I choose to pursue God again with my whole heart. I want to rededicate, recommit my life to Him, and I choose to follow Him as an overcomer for the rest of my life. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life, slip your hand up quick. I'll include you in this prayer. Don't be afraid. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over. God bless you in the back. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. If I didn't see your hand, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. If I can ask you a favor, if you've raised your hand or you still feel in your heart that this is you that I'm talking about, I'll not ask you to quickly stand. Don't be afraid. Quickly stand. We want to we 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 acknowledge you. We want to we welcome you. Come, many of you raise your hands. Don't be afraid. Listen. Quickly stand up. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If I can ask you, can you quickly come to the front? I want to pray for you personally. Come quickly to the front. God bless you guys. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a big shout for these wonderful people this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're still in your seat and you raised your hand and you want to come, don't be afraid. This is your moment. This is your time. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. There we go. Hallelujah. All right. To you guys in the front here, I'm so excited that you made a response to the call this morning. You know, it's not just a prayer that we pray or something that we say. It's a decision that we make in our hearts. We, we make a declaration with our mouths, but we believe it in our hearts to really accept Jesus as our Lord. And it's not just something we say. It's a lifestyle. It's a decision that we make from this moment. And I believe that God has really drawn you this morning. And this morning when we pray this prayer together, we're going to pray a prayer together. If you believe it in your heart and really, really decide that this is what you want to do, your life will never be the same again. From this moment forward, you are saved. Your name is in this book of life. And if you're, it's a recommitment, listen, things can go back like, they, like you never sinned before. The Bible says that he forgets your sins. He doesn't even remember them. So let's pray this prayer together this morning. Church, if I can ask you, let's pray this together with them. Let's all say together, Father, I come to you this morning. Today, I give my heart to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in your book of life. My life is yours. Fill me now, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want to bless you guys before I... That's right. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, young lady. Amen. You know, nobody knows the pain that people go through. Bless you, young man. Amen. You're going to be okay. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Great things are in store for you in the name of Jesus. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Mighty woman of God. Mighty woman of God. 
Father, I thank you for all these precious souls this morning. We are so grateful in Jesus' name. If you look just over there to your left, there's that pastor who's waving at you. We just want to meet you and pray for you on the other side over there. Just if you could ask you to follow him, just turn to your left and follow him. Now, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we just found out that one of our congregation members that was on their way to church this morning, her name is Denise Riddle, was in a car accident, correct? So we're going to lift her up, church. Let's all lift her up. Father, we pray for Denise right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray that you will heal her body. Father, that you will touch her, that you will comfort their family. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we ask God that your angels will surround her, surround her family. We also pray for anyone else involved in this accident. We ask God that you will send your warring angels right now and your healing power to touch her, to touch her family, to touch the other people involved in this accident. And we ask God that you would move mightily and powerfully in this situation in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Listen, I pray you have a wonderful week. I pray you be encouraged. I pray you be strengthened. I pray that this word will speak to your heart and that you remember no matter what you're going through, no matter what trial, temptation, whatever it is you're dealing with, count it all joy. Because on the other side, remember when you enter into that place, he says these words, he says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into this joy. It will be worth it, guys. Father, I pray that your grace, that your love, that your mercy be upon each and every person. Father, as they travel home this morning, that they will be safe in their vehicles, that you will cover their homes and their, their, their businesses, their vehicles, their families. Protect us, God, from any, any fiery dart of the enemy. And I pray your hand be upon each and every one of them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we love you. We honor you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.